So the question is, how do women like us, age 50 plus, and dealing with high blood pressure, high blood sugars, and rising cholesterol levels, how do we keep our health numbers under control while we're trying to squeeze all the goodness we can from our life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Join me as I uncover the secrets of living a plant-based lifestyle, including how to avoid taking medicine simply by eating whole foods, shed the extra fluff around your middle without being hungry or joining a gym, make big lifestyle changes even if you think you have no willpower, eat food you love with no portion control. Let's get your doctor to say, wow, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. All this without meds or restrictive dieting. I'm Robin Wong, and welcome to No Pills, No Hunger. Hello, welcome back to No Pills, No Hunger. This is Robin Wong. This is episode 108, 108. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, Yes, I have a house full uh, this weekend. First time we've had... um, you know, people over since the pandemic. And so this is pretty fun. Uh, My nephew is visiting with his small children. I'm a great aunt, which is pretty cool. And yeah, it's fun, fun. I forget the energy that children bring. And, you know, you always like like to reflect on when your children are small and, and how things change with how people approach raising their kids. And looking back, I know, knowing what I know now, I would have definitely, um, raise my children differently in in their dietary patterns rather than have to transition them to plant-based later. I probably would have just done that all along, would have been easier. Um, But really what I wanted to talk about was I saw an old friend um, yesterday as well. And, uh, you know, one of the topics that came up was where do I start with my clients? What is one of the hardest things for them to give up? And, you know, really it's, different uh, for everyone. It really is. Um, I I think though, hands down, the hardest for people to address and give up is dairy, cheese, cheese in particular, and and dairy products. You think about what that is. It's cheese in many forms, okay? And you have sour cream and you have butter and you have yogurt and whipped cream and all these things that people don't think as being dairy products necessarily. People think of dairy as just milk. And there's all these other products that are, you know, milk derivatives that people don't think about that really uh, infiltrate um, all of our meals. And uh, I think that is sometimes the hardest. And I've done other podcasts on cheese and, and the dopamines that cheese stimulates in our brain that makes it almost addictive. And there's a lot of, you can really read a lot of research about, you know, people argue that there's food addictions and other people argue that there are, and some people say, no, it doesn't meet the criteria of addiction. And, um, you know, maybe the word addiction is too strong for, for cheese, but maybe the word should be hooked, hooked on, become easily becomes a habit, okay, that people crave. So the cravings are there. And so, it makes it really difficult for people to give it up. And I think the biggest benefit people see, the quickest benefit people see when they're changing their diets is to address that first. 
And so I remember there's been times I've been in the grocery line and people will ask me, you know, like I had a, this um, bagger one time say, oh, I noticed you just have a lot of vegetables. Are you vegetarian? I'm like, actually, I'm, you know, vegan and plant-based, but, you know, vegan is probably what you're, you're familiar with. And he asked me a little bit about that, you know, how that was different. And then he, and I said, you know, at the time I was in school, I said, I'm becoming a dietitian. And he goes, well, if you were to give me three things to do, what would be your top three? And, you know, I had never been asked that question before, but honestly, what popped into my mind first was really give up dairy. You know, in my mind, it is the most harmful. And well, first of all, I'll give up smoking if you smoke, okay, <laughs> which isn't dairy, dietary, but that's the best thing you can do for health. Secondly, is really start looking at your consumption of dairy. And if you look at it in the sense that every time you go out, look at start the more you st when you start really paying attention you really start seeing um how much dairy is used in everything and you start reading labels and you start seeing you know how much um dairy is used every and because this comes in different terms you know you have uh, whey and that's milk right milk um derivatives you have casein you have casein you have um you know, milk byproducts, you have, you know, all these different things that there's just these different casomorphine, you know, type, you know, things that you'll see broken down. And um, there's a whole slew of terminology that's different than just milk. But the easiest way to distinguish if there's a milk product in the food you're eating is, you know, milk has to be listed as an allergen on a food label. So if you go and you turn over your, um, your product and you read the label and you go to the allergens, there's seven that, you know, have to be listed. And if it's in there and it's like, you know, wheat and soy and milk and nuts and shellfish, you know, and so you can easily, if there's, um, if it's in there, it'll be listed as an allergen. So you don't have to necessarily know all of the, the special, you know, terms of the derivatives, just look for the allergens and it'll have, to, you know, by law it has to be listed. And so that's one of the easiest ways. And I think you'll be really surprised when you start um, looking and going, wow, why do they put milk in this? You know, for example, um, you know, some of the flavored potato chips. Now you probably shouldn't be eating potato chips anyway, because it's a very highly processed food. Um, but sometimes you do. And just if you're going to do that, get the baked ones without any flavoring. Okay. And make it be your treat food. Uh, if you have that craving. So there's always, whenever you're, choosing foods, there's always um, a way you can try to be healthier in doing it. Even in the, the, the processed foods, right? You can always say, okay, I can probably do a better choice. And that's kind of the game I play. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat this. What's the healthiest way one I can do, right? And then, and then you eat just a smaller amount of it, right? You don't have to overindulge. So, um, but yeah, dairy is one of the ones uh, I, would, I would look at first. And I think it's really the hardest for people to kick. And because it, it, it does taste good. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me they could not give up dairy, give up cheese, I'd be a rich woman because it's just like, it has this hold on people. And, and yet I, it amazes me because I see those people that say that are typically uh, carrying a little extra weight uh, because it, especially for women, um, there's hormones that, you know, messes with your hormones and your hormones are always kind of um, balancing anyway, especially as we go through childbearing and then we have um, menopause, they're always changing. So 
I think, um, you know, addressing your dairy. And then I think what happens too is people, women that are dieting and trying to eat well, they then move to like cottage cheese, right? It's dairy. And then they move to yogurt, which is dairy. And, um, you know, those foods taste good. So they think they're making better choices and they probably are if they're doing the non-fat and they probably are, but what else is it bringing with it? So when it's the non-fat versions probably have more salt, right? Um, and they still have some of the, the milk components that are not positive for your health. All right. So, I mean, I did this, I, I can speak with authority on this because, uh, you know, when we were eating healthy before my husband was diagnosed with type two diabetes, we had made that shift to uh, non-fat milk and, um, thinking we were, and yes, is that a better choice? Probably. Um, but you're still consuming more than you need to be. And I was using more of the cheeses that were, um, you know, like the Parmesan, the harder cheeses that were, you know, part skim ricotta in my lasagnas. Um, I would use the lean uh, turkey instead of hamburger. Uh, I was making those changes early on. Um, and yet they weren't enough to keep him from getting diabetes. So um, really until we went plant-based and got rid of all those um, component, all those foods that had the saturated fat, it still had saturated fat at some level. And, you know, even though it was less than the average person was eating, it was still too much for him. Now, is that going to be true for you? I don't know. That's where, that's where you start finding the nuances of your diabetes and understanding where your line is. And um, I had this conversation a lot with my uh, clients where, you know, they'll start seeing really great results. We'll be, you know, really pretty, uh, you know, strict about staying, sticking to it. And they start seeing these great results and um, blood sugars come down, uh, weight comes down. They start getting off their medications, which is super exciting. It's what they want. Um, and, and then, they, you get a little complacent. You're like, oh yeah, my blood sugar readings have been really great. I'm not taking as much medicine. And then pretty soon they're off their medicine. And then you get complacent. I, I know because I did, we did this, you know, with my husband. And, and so I recognize it with my clients. And so slowly but surely they'll like indulge a little here, indulge a little there, eat out maybe here. And they start a little more oils coming into their um, you know, their diets. And pretty soon I'll talk to them. I'll say, how are your readings? Oh, they're up a little bit. And then it's like, I don't know why. And it's like, okay, then we back, we walk back and we're like, okay, let's see, what did you eat this last week? Oh yeah. And so they think they're doing it a little bit, but it's now becoming more frequent, right? So it's like this day. And then it's like a little more that day. And then it's two meals that day that they had a little, a little treat. Right. And so that's how it sneaks up on you. And the thing that's happening then is you're also developing those tastes. Those tastes start coming back, right? And so, it, you know, so it's kind of this vicious circle. And so, um, you know, just really stay in the course, especially if you have diabetes. So you can get your numbers down, but if you change how you eat and you start eating the way you, you were eating, you know, go back to your old habits, it's going to come back. Those, you know, your insulin receptors are going to get clogged up again. Your insulin's not going to be working very well again. And, um, you know, it's going to happen. So just know that. So 
here's your task, uh, if you're willing to accept it, uh, really to start paying attention to your dairy consumption. So if you're wondering, where do I start? And this is kind of where I start with people in my program, uh, my online program um, that I, I facilitate, is we just start by being like super sleuth, kind of detectives, looking at how we're eating because we eat so mindlessly sometimes and it's out of habit. And, um, and so when you start really paying attention and to start saying, okay, I'm going to really focus on dairy this week and just read all the labels and see how much dairy I can find, you'll be shocked. I mean, you eat out, you order a side salad. If you don't say keep off, put the dressing on the side and keep the cheese off of it, it'll automatically come with a lot of oil on it and um, with, you know, cheese sprinkled on top. It's just what they do. Okay, and because that's what people like and they're they're meeting the need because cheese is so prevalent. So that's your task. I hope um, I hope that you find it enlightening, really. And and then really just start looking at your consumption. So if you're able to uh, find a cheese that, you know, that you really like. Okay, I'm not saying you have to do it completely eat the cheese you like and eat it in moderation. Start there. All the other stuff that you have it sprinkled on top top of or it's just kind of on your sandwich that you don't, with all the other good stuff on your sandwich that you don't taste it, maybe just eat the cheese plain um, and then you just really enjoy it and cut it out in every other spot, right? So you're still low, lowering your consumption, okay? So there's ways to play with this until you can really um, get rid of it all together, which I personally think should be your goal. Just get it. I, it, it brings you nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What about my calcium? That's what you guys are all saying. What about, I need go eat a red bell pepper. Okay. Eat your leafy greens. Okay. You'll get calcium. You know, honestly, it's true. Um, and with those, you'll get, you know, nutrients and antioxidants and fiber. With cheese, you get nothing but saturated fat and calories. Okay, and cholesterol. So, really, it's playing this game of training. Okay, what else is this bringing with it? And you'll get your calcium from vegetables. You really will. Um, it's a myth that you need to have milk for calcium. And this is the, what brings me back to where I started is like if I uh, had my children to raise over again, and having little kids in the house makes me think about this, I would have had them be eating plant-based and would have avoided dairy at all costs. I really would have because um, it just didn't bring anything. And it's really hard. It's so ingrained. You go into the doctor and they would say, you know, how many cups of milk is your kid drinking a day? And mine didn't drink it. I didn't make them drink milk, um, you know. Uh, and so it would always, I'd feel, walk out feeling like a bad mom. And so I finally started coaching my kids, like, no, just tell them this many and, and, you know, just rest assured is what mom's doing. Make sure you get your calcium and you're doing fine. And so we did tell a little white lie and uh, it, but because I, but it was really hard as a parent. It was really hard for me to make that paradigm shift in my brain that they didn't need um, to drink milk. And this is where you start realizing I felt like the indoctrination was so strong with the, you know, that you're taught that you have to have milk. And, um, I can, uh, I can tell you, um, my kids are fine. You know, when I finally went to plant-based, no one had a um, issue with any deficiencies. Okay. So 
Yeah, that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> it's one of my things, I can tell you. Uh, I can talk forever about, ah, it's evil, don't eat cheese, don't eat milk. But And my brother was a dairy farmer, okay? So, uh, yeah. So, um, it's, it's not easy for me to say don't do it because, I mean, that was his livelihood for a while. Not anymore, but it was. So, have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time and I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well and you can show them you care about their health by sharing the, these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast since morning habits are the easiest to build. That's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide, or click the link for Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugar in the show notes. Thanks again, and see you in the next episode.